welcome back to Terrible Tirades. On today's episode, we will be discussing the most enjoyable part of everyone's life, education. Of course, for me, that statement couldn't be further from the truth. This episode, we have our normal hosts, Dale, Adam, and Paul, but we are also lucky to be joined by our good friend, Eric, for the first time. Now you all can awkwardly say hello. Hey! Perfect. What's up? They're definitely going to know what your voice is now, Paul. They're going to say, hey, that you remember that hey guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> if there's ever been a theme on this ep- on, on Terrible Tirades, it's that we suck at introductions and nobody knows what anybody sounds like. Uh, that's not true. They know what voices are. They just don't know what they attach to. Hello, I'm Elric, Lord of Chaos, Harbinger of Dreams, Bringer of Darkness. More formally known as Eric. Formally known as Eric. Okay. I prefer Elric, Lord of Chaos. No, Lord of Chaos. Ah, just Elric. Elric, yeah. Everything else is a long title. Hello, I'm Elric. There we go. (laughs) This won't be hard to edit. So I understand, like we were talking before, so this is education. That's the topic of today. And I understand that Dale and Elric have the most formal uh, education out of the group. But before we get into the topic of education, Dale, what was it that I had you, that I texted you last night, I think is what it was, as a Dale, remind me of this on the podcast. Uh, I, I didn't know there was going to be a surprise test. Let me let me straighten my uh, pencils out here. And uh, oh, I, where's my pocket protector? I don't, oh my goodness! Uh, is it, did did you send it to me somewhere? Okay, Dale can't remember. No, I have absolutely no idea. Furry Barbies. Fur? Is that it? Furry Barbies. Oh. But you have them flipped. It's Barbie Furry Edition. So if anyone doesn't know what a furry is, (laughs) I don't want to go into detail about it, but it's, you know, essentially these people who get off while wearing uh, giant costumes of animals. Is that a requirement that they get off? It's not as much a requirement as the drugs are, but... uh, (laughs) I'm not going to get too much into it, okay? But... And then there's the diapers. I uh, recently we got HBO, and we didn't get the we didn't splurge for the non ads one, the non commercial one. So we mm-hmm. we pay a little bit less, so we so we have an ad at the beginning of every episode of HBO stuff that we watch. Well, a commercial came on for Barbie dolls, and it was a Barbie doll. And if you look up Barbie doll cutie reveal. That's that's the title of of the the type of Barbie. So if you were to Google that right now, Barbie doll cutie reveal, and it's a hundred percent a Barbie doll in a furry costume. That's what it is. Am I allowed to Google this? Yeah, I feel like I'm on some kind of list. Yeah, uh, I don't think I want to. For I've you to insinuate that you're it. not on a list already, Dale. Oh is, wow! That's what it is. Right? List. Wow. All it needs uh, is like a pack of diapers and some whippets and it's there. Well, it, uh, well everybody it, else is what is it called again? Barbie what the fuck? Barbie doll cutie reveal. 
Hmm. Buy them on Amazon for $30. <laughs> it's like those uh, grown men that dress up in their uh, plastic doll oh. suits. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I expected. I feel like this is some sort of... Oh, they got the one with the unicorn horn. My horn can pierce the sky. There's like someone who worked at Barbie for years and years, and they were like, how? How can I get her into a fursona? <laughs> and then the whole mechanic of like the surprise dolls, the blind bag dolls came around. They're like, I got it. This is going to be in my cookies. Like, now I'm going to start getting <laughs> ads for like Barbie reveal dolls. Like, Listen, it's not our fault you chose to do this on your work laptop. Okay. These are for kids, right? Though they are, and that's that's another thing I was going to say. I mean, I'm probably I have a sick mind that that's the first place that my mind went to, but I mean, am I the only one? Oh, like, there is no way this is actually uh, intended for kids. It, it definitely is. Like, like, hold on, hold on. Although I will say, I was watching The Last of Us when the ad came up. Hmm. And I have not watched any kids shows on HBO yet. Like my kids have not used Whoa. it or kids shows. Where's she touching that bunny? Yeah, see, that is why I don't <laughs> think these are for kids. That uh, right there. I that is an it. image that needs put onto the I podcast. Because that's official that's an official thing. Like Yeah, I mean that is I how got... they're selling these. Like, ooh, Barbie reveal. Totally not risque. This is for children. I'm not trying to shame anyone, but if I mean if that's for kid, that's weird. I'm I think you'd like the panda suit, Paul. <laughs> they have so many of them. I'm just scrolling through and there's more and more. Like sexual harassment panda? Yeah, it it's it's an interesting uh concept. I don't know. I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, there's no way. There's no way that this is real, but it's it's there. You can buy it thirty dollars on Amazon. Yeah, there, uh, there. Yeah. So okay. education. <laughs> that, now that you've educated us on this Barbie, uh, it was very different than the McPlant or the McPlant Nugget edition. Ordinarily, I like to start with some sort of current event, um, but yeah, no, I just I saw that and I was like, there's. <laughs> I gotta talk about it. people Listen, have to know. Like, that is a current event, okay? I, I guess mean, we yeah. to talk about another vegan food. And now we're talking about like Barbie Five Nights at Freddy's or some. We we could we had the possibility to talk about them uh, or archaeologists discovering an unexplored uh, or previously unknown section of the Pyramid of Giza that was recently oh, announced. That sounds way better. But no, nah, bro, that sounds totally gay. Let's sad, keep talking about furry Barbies. Sadly, oh. we're past the portion of uh, current events now on the podcast. We have to move on. So, education. Education. Um, mm. As far as this topic goes, I have not, other than some online college courses, everything that I have is just my normal K through 12 education and then whatever the army has given me. So, and right now, 
uh, I'm in a unique position for as far as education goes because I am an instructor for my job field in the Army. Uh, so I currently teach entry-level soldiers coming into the Army our job. And um, it is unique, uh, especially considering... Everyone in this, you know, that we're everyone in this conversation right now in this call remembers to some extent or more extent than others, maybe 9 11. But then you have to think every single 18 year old out there has to learn about 9 11 in a textbook. And these are the kind of generational caps that I deal with all the time where these new students or soldiers just cannot connect with me anymore in my references and uh, things that I related to from the early 90s where they weren't born until 20 or 2002, 2003, 2005. It's, It's getting worse and worse as far as, you know, Time is linear, it turns out, and I'm getting older, and children are consistently joining at the age of 18 and 17. So it's a very unique experience being uh, a quote-unquote educator, if you will. Not that I would consider myself an educator. I'm more of a trainer, I think, would be a better term. Well, you know, a trainer is an educator, just not paid as well. We're going towards a very dark time. I feel like w- once you get to the point where all of your recruits were born after Shrek 3, <laughs> it's downhill from there. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Like, I remember 9-11. I, w- I was in the uh, my senior year in high school. I was suspended for... Uh, selling parking passes or renting them. I had parking passes I, I purchased for $5. So I've rent $10 a week. And uh, I just remember being in suspension and all of a sudden we were on lockdown. Then we, we got to play chess, like to distract us from, you know, the horrifying images, like the planes crashing into the building. But like, I could see where, where you're coming from. Like as, as 18 year olds go to be like born in 2005, you know, well, we're in 2023. So like if someone's born in January, February, you're going to have an 18 year old and they're going to have no clue. It's like, what, what's that? You know, cause that happened, you, you, you know, uh, uh, 2001, there's babies in the diaper. Yeah. These, these little pricks probably haven't even watched mean girls. Like what do they know about the world? You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're not ready for the army. Don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against uh, the youth. <laughs> I just, I think I find it very interesting. Growing up, you, you never consider that. You know, you don't consider what life will be like as the older generation. Not that I'm the older generation yet. I'm the coming up closer to the middle <laughs> of the road generation. Yeah, we're, we're millennials. All of us here are millennials. It's just a, like I'm the very beginning of the millennials, and as time goes on, 
like we can each have s slices of the millennial pie but that what, what what's the generation out now that you're you're training like what's the what what's the are they gen zers i, I i'm not good with nomenclature i think so i think it's gen z yeah, no cap, bro. I've been taking the hard L ever since these little pricks learned to talk. <laughs> For real. But uh, getting off the generational gap and everything, so like I was saying in the beginning of this, Dale and Elric, you both have somewhat similar schooling, if not identical schooling. Um, I know you both hold uh, a bachelor's in a scientific field, and then some right i i, I might yeah. be a little off base with that yeah i actually have the bachelor's in a science field and then i did all of the classes save for one for a bachelor of arts in a different field so i got to see both sides of it and boy are they different adam you have some college too don't you i do i have a different experience from all of you um i have just random sporadic college for three years and then drop out with thirty thousand dollars in debt so Oof. we can That's talk about that grand. yeah thirty wow. grand is nothing for a, yeah. for a quarter of a degree what are you talking about uh, yeah like i've i have a pre-pharmacy i have a a, a science degree in geology as well as Prior to geology, I was taking pre-nursing for a year before I switched to geology. So, like, I have a background in pharma and med medicine before. I was like, I'm going to look at rocks. Bro, don't forget the cooking. <laughs> cooking? Well, Le Cordon Bleu, too. That was another thing. That's one thing that was during my darkest time was whenever I was diagnosed with cancer. But other than that, I could cook. I can look at rocks, and I can tell you about pharma. I'll tell you, bro, I never imagined getting my geology degree that I would spend so much time as a scientist sniffing dirt. I thought, oh, yeah. you know, I used to sniff dirt as a kid for free. I got pretty good at it, but, you know, it is an essential part of my job. Yeah, you got to taste some. You have to taste rocks. Sometimes yeah. there's rocks that the only way you can identify the difference between them is by taste. Like mm -hmm. two identical rocks, and you like stick your tongue out, and like, oh, that's halite, like, which is, this just is salt. Yeah. This is the sort of stuff that, like, in other fields, they'd be like, that's fake science. But for us, we're like, hmm, yeah, this is sodium chloride. How well do you think you were prepared for your job fields that you are in today, uh, Dale and Eric specifically, because you have so much schooling? How, how well do you feel like you were prepared for your job fields due to your educational backgrounds? Well, I actually managed um, almost alone among my peers in geology to get a job involving geology. So I'd say about 20% of what I did actually translates to what I do every day. And if I move my way up, that might rise all the way to uh, 40 or 50% of what I did in school. So not bad. With me, essentially, like I, I'm in 
a lab tech industry. So I, I'm like a mechanic on analytical instruments that go from being in your regular pharmaceuticals all the way to plastics and the foods, Doritos, like Doritos are tested analytically. They grind up bags of Doritos, toss them in a, a, a titrator and be like, oh, the seasoning's right. School didn't get me ready for that in a sense, other than this, the other classes, like, because with uh, my curriculum in geology, it gears you in a broad sense of science from chemistry to physics, mathematics, and then you learn about geology. Geology has a, it's always kind of like the uh, stepchild of sciences because people think geologists just look at dirt, look at rocks. It's farther than that, but it, it prepared me in a sense of like educationally, it helped me get the role that I have now. I, I The only time I actually did geology was when I were, lived in Houston, Texas. I worked on an oil field and I'd, between 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week for four months straight until I was like, this is it. And this is whenever uh, Jimmy passed away. The week Jimmy passed away, I was like, I can't live here anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. So I put my notice in, came back to West Virginia. But like, but it, like the education really like helped in a sense, but at the same time, the price tag that was attached to it, like it doesn't justify, like it was more of an experience rather than, you know, necessity. I could probably have gotten away with a lot of stuff, what I'm doing now without having the education, but just having the word degree was enough to kind of get me into my role. It's like, yeah, I got a degree. It's like, okay, this guy can, you know, figure out things, you know, he, you know, was able to manage to work and go to school. So it, it, it's important. Education is important, but the way it's set up right now, I, I think it's kind of the system's criminal really. Oh yeah. I'm always shocked how many people get the money they do because they have a piece of paper that says, give me more money, please. Like, I find myself wondering, why does that guy make 20 grand more a year than I do? This guy can't find his ass with two hands and a map. But, oh, he just, he happens to have the next degree up, so. So does anybody feel like they got a good value for their education? Bang for the buck? Yeah, because I definitely don't, but I mean, that's not surprising. No, I feel robbed. I honestly feel robbed because of like the, a lot of unnecessary loans. Like you're encouraged that's like max them out, max them out. Here it's go, it's free money. And, and at the time, you don't know the implications of it. You know, it's, it's like ripple sell skin. You know, it's like just give me. It's like I can turn that to gold if you give me your firstborn child. And that's what it really is, the school system. I think um, mine turned out okay, but I, my, my education's a, a bit different. I went to a junior college, which, you know, it's kind of almost like, you know, going to a, a trade school. You're going for one specific thing. Now, I still took other classes like writing, which I hated 
debate, which I thought I would hate and really enjoyed. And, you know, maybe some junior psychology, which was kind of interesting, gave me anxiety. But mostly it focused on just IT, which is what I set out to do, which that I wanted to do that because I was tired of doing shitty jobs, picking up litter and making burgers and shit. Working at McDonald's. So, yeah, McDonald's. Working at McDonald's. Yeah, I was tired of that. I was tired of just sweating my ass off for shit pay. Um, so I went there and I will. I, I think I was like maybe like around twenty thousand in debt, and uh, damn, we paid it off relatively quickly. Honestly, like within like a year or two, because. Because I just, I hate interest. I hate the thought of interest. I, I hate yeah. the thought of paying more money because I didn't pay something fast yeah, enough. Inter- yeah, interest is a horrible thing. And I, I pay things aggressively because of interest. Yeah, yeah. Always, if, if you can pay more and still live comfortably, do it. Because future you is going to be like, hell yeah. So I was, I'm surprised at first of all that they that it was that much. I didn't know that your school was that much. I thought it would be a lot less than that. But um, I, I wish that I had gone into a field something like that. The problem with me was that you could not convince me at 18, probably from like 18 to 25. You just could not convince me that the right move wasn't to try college and i went and i tried it and i pretty much failed at it because it was you know it was harder than i wanted to put in the effort for so i didn't realize it was going to be like that before i went and i was kind of stubborn but it's uh I, i just i find it so odd that like if you look at the way that people judge formal education, like they would say that I think most people would say that I have more than Sean and that me and Paul are around the same level because I have like 20 credits or whatever. You've definitely done more than me, but really you guys are in a much better position than me. Uh, Dale, I know that you have something to say, but I have to say this before I forget it. It, you, You mentioned the credits I, I find that very interesting because the army, uh, you get uh, something called like a joint service transcript. So I can take basically every class that I've done in the army. And this even includes class like basic combat training class. Like that is technically college credit for certain colleges, not all colleges. Um And for instance, like I took my joint service transcript not too long ago and was accredited, I think, 36 college credit hours. Nice. But the thing is, right, they're all electives. Like it it has nothing to do, like if if I didn't go to a very, very specific field or uh, uh, degree path, it would mean nothing. Right. You only need like 20 general elective hours. 
Yeah. For most degrees, I think. It, yeah. So it's absolutely worthless. But go ahead, Dale. I was just going to say, like, it's interesting that you mention your attitude at 18 towards formal education. I I think the earliest they started pushing formal ed for us was in, like, the fifth grade. We're, like, 12 years old, maybe. I remember. And they're intimating very clearly, like, if you go into a trade school, it's because that's your last resort because you have a poop brain. And the only way to get any kind of job that pays more than McDonald's is to go to college and get a degree. It doesn't matter what it's in because there's always a job waiting for you. What's the earliest you guys remember them pushing college hard and acting like there was nothing but college to get you a good job? uh, Okay, so I need to say that the, the reason I said you couldn't convince me is there was that like societal pressure for me where, you know, it was like you were kind of pushed into that regular college path. Um, that was just sort of around. But I, I had people who were trying to tell me, like, you don't have to do this. You can go to trade school. It's better. My mom tried to convince me of that for the longest time. And I just, because of my stubbornness and the way that I saw the rest of society playing out. And I think... Um, a lot to do with it was like the, you know, potential, um, career earnings coming out of school. It was like, oh, it's a lot higher with a bachelor's degree. So I should at least go try for that. Right. Even though when you try for that and fail for a few years, you end up with nothing and just tons of debt, but you couldn't have convinced me of that at the time. But yeah, it was, it's just, you know endemic in society since i was very very small can't remember exactly and 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 my education's kind of messed up because i went to high school for an extra year i was a senior twice hell yeah oh i didn't Um, know that (laughs) yeah i went to high school for five years um because i i actually had three english classes all in one year because i was just a terrible at english like who the fuck Knows where commas go. Not me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I you know I can read some stories, some like Jeffrey Chaucer and all that shit. That's fun. But but like the grammatical part of it, I was just dog shit at and and also I didn't care. I just was like, I don't want to do the work. But I think definitely when I was a senior, one of the two years that I was a senior, maybe when I was a junior, they started really pushing shit you know, talking about like the SATs and stuff. And I was just like, what is this? I'm not going to do this. Uh, Like everybody was like super like, oh, you have to do the SATs. They're like a very important thing. Everybody has to do them. I'm like, nah, I ain't ain't doing that. What is that? That sounds like a test that I don't need. I ain't going to college. I'm just going to go work at fucking Valley Worlds of Fun. And who cares? Uh, like, I remember it was fifth grade whenever we were brought to the uh, auditorium. And then we had, like, this, like, a survey. that Like, we were passed out a service asking, it's like, who, do you plan on going to college? You might go to college or college isn't in the books for you. And I remember I had a friend, uh, Lee Connor. He, he's like, I'm going to college. And 
I come from a poor family. It's like, there's no way I can go to college. It's impossible. So, like, I selected not going to college. But I just remember in fifth grade, that's whenever it was brought up and brought up a lot. One of the stories that I wanted to talk about, and it kind of ties into what you were saying, Adam, about how it's peddled that you will have a much higher potential uh, earning if you have a degree of some sort, uh, a college degree. And I'll never forget one of my really good friends during high school. His name is uh, Cody. Cody was a diehard firefighter and was going to do exactly what his dad did, which was work in the coal mines. And Cody, I'll never forget it because it was in junior year, he ended up dropping out to go work in the coal mines. And he would still come back to the school at times to hang out with everybody because, I, you know, we're kids and that's where his friends were. And he'd come in a really nice uh, Silverado, custom painted, fully paid off, um, have, he, he would buy all these like really nice four by four or, uh, uh, four wheelers and all this other fun toys and stuff. And I'm like, man, maybe I should join the fucking coal mines. Like maybe I should go work in the coal mines. Apparently it's working pretty well. Uh, and then at almost all the coal mines in West Virginia got shut down about two years after I graduated high school. And then he had a really hard time finding work after that. But uh, there was a, a time there where I was like, what is everyone talking about with having to go to college? Cody. Uh, I shouldn't say his full name. I'll edit that out. Uh, <laughs> Cody is doing amazing. <laughs> There's no reason why people need to go to college. This is proof. Yeah. There's a couple things. Uh, Oh, sorry, my mic. Cut out. And we'll never know them. <laughs> yeah. One, the pipeliners that I work with uh, have the same situation. They have kids that are coming in 18, 19, 20 years old, buying, you know, $75,000 trucks and buying their first houses before they're 22, living what you might call the American dream, what boomers think that millennials have, you know? And. It's because there's work and there's money in it. it. Do they have to work hard? Sure. But they didn't even have to go to like a trade school. They start out being a laborer and they can work their way up. But the other thing I was going to bring up is like this college thing is pushed on kids who are so young their balls haven't dropped. Like they haven't started growing body hair yet. And they're like, hey, do you know what you're going to do when you're 45? Uh no, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get home after school. Uh, have a Capri Sun. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think all of you guys went to public school for your K-12. to I'm the only yep. one who went to private school. So we didn't have like a counselor. We didn't have, you know, those traditional like college path things. It wasn't pushed on us that way, but it still is just so pervasive through everybody 
that it, it feels like an expectation. And of course your teachers did talk to you about it a little bit, but you know, I, I probably wasn't pushed as much as you guys, because I saw a little bit of it when I transferred to public school in my senior year of high school it was a lot more of that over there. I'm just saying, if you pushed literally anything else on kids too young to make decisions, uh, would that be looked on nearly as favorably? Like Santa Claus or Jesus? Well, (laughs) you know. We're there. That's what we're talking about now. Yeah, but those things don't cause someone to spend their entire life savings for the next 30 years to get nothing. I'm not sure if that is true, and I don't think anybody can say, at least for one of the two things I brought up, and I'll let the uh, the audience decide which is which. You could argue for both of those. Yeah, things. easily. I was thinking of scenarios <laughs> for both of those. Yeah, well, definitely one. Yeah, one more than the other, one could argue. Um There's something that comes to mind based off the conversation that we were having. uh because I think we're all of the same mind where education, at least today's education, is a little bit glamorized. Is, is that a good word for it? Secondary education, yes. Secondary sure. education, yes. Would you... There's a debate, and either there's the two sides are experience versus education. So I... For me, it's simple. I, I stand on the side of experience, but majority of what I do in the army is hands-on. So once you, I, I've learned from firsthand experience is once you do a, a task or you fix a thing, you've learned and you continue to do that same task, you learn the ins and outs of it. You become the subject matter expert and you learn how that system works. And I think that's true for almost, I'm not going to say almost all, but I'm going to say a large portion of jobs and career fields out there. A lot of things aren't constantly evolving and changing. So I guess the question is, would you be on the side that says you need formal education or, or strict or rigid education to be successful in in a career path, or do you need more hands-on job experience? I mean, the way that it worked before the uh, education system we have now, I think could have been amended to be more successful with the way things are now. They would put a kid into a trade when he was old enough to start doing the basic grunt work tasks, 12, 13, 14, and he would work with them and learn hands-on. I think if you paired that with more detailed education later as they got to more technical tasks, then that would certainly be a lot more streamlined than this scattershot shotgun style of education we have now. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that was kind of what I was going to say like I personally myself learn better from hands-on but like I don't think you know the whole book learning part of it is bad as well I mean I think you need both but I think it's good to like 
you know, at least like, you know, you know, take your test, do your certs, but then do uh, like some sort of like a hands-on experience. Like maybe, you know, like what the, the junior college did, we would do internships and that sort of shit. So that way we could at least get in there and learn some shit before we're doing it for real. And, you know, like our asses on the line for, you know, you know, we got to uphold some standards or something along, along those lines. Cause you know, once you get there in the real world and you're doing an actual job that you can get fired from and you don't know what the heck you're doing because all you did was read a book or two, you know, you, you, you might be kind of in a bad spot. I would say for like, I think for a majority of career paths, the experience is better. Um, maybe it's just me being naive, but I, I feel like there are some extremely specialized jobs where you have to have the education. If you, if you don't, you know, you just nuclear physicist or something like that you can't just go out in the world and get experience with that you have to have some sort of education before you get into a job like that but yeah i'd say for a majority of things the experience is better and could potentially just uh unseat the need for a degree in some instances yeah i'm i'm on the part of uh like it's a, it's a combination, a hybrid system. Like I, I feel like learning and being educated is important, but at the same time, education doesn't need to be a degree. Like I like technical school. If I can just like just do things backwards, like I've done some sort of automobile technical school, or you know something like trades. Like like it seems like that's where. A lot of opportunities that's in trades. Yeah, I think uh, this is probably not going to be the most popular opinion, but if we stopped letting the government subsidize people's educations so that the school got paid whether they got a job and made money with that degree or not, if the school's money was dependent on whether people could use that degree to make money, then we would have a much more streamlined and successful education system because they want their money. At the end of the day, it's the mighty dollar that rules the world. And they would no longer have the financial incentive to pump out, you know, 60, 70, 80% of their degrees that make absolutely zero for the degree holder. Yeah, I guess what, what, what I was thinking, I guess, it makes sense that like anything basically that you can go to a trade school and you know i mean i got an associate's degree from from like a junior college or anything like that or or you know you can go go to a trade school to become a welder like i think that's a lot of time when the the hands-on shit is really gonna help you now you're not going to go to a trade school to become a heart surgeon though for instance so i think (laughs) that's where the the book learning may take a bigger uh, role there. You know, you, you're you're gonna need a lot of both. You're gonna need a lot of book learning, but you know, still, you know, you're gonna have to 
sit in and watch a lot of surgeries and all that kind of stuff as well. You know, you're not just going to be like, uh, yeah, I don't, I think if I just watch a couple heart surgeries and, you know, I don't really need to take any of these tests, I, I could probably just get in there and do it, uh, you know, give them a discount. I'll, I'll poke around. I like the idea of a heart surgeon trade school, but like from, but in my mind, I'm imagining like my sixth grade shops teacher who's this really <laughs> old fat white guy who's just like, oh, you cut it wrong and do it again. No, I we're saying all this in 30 years, they're going to be looking back like, what are these, these stupid chimpanzees? They lived in a time before hookers had to have college degrees to, you know, <laughs> make money in the alleyway. That you bring up a good point. <laughs> good segue, Dale. Do you think there's <laughs> such in things? The alley, huh? Yeah. Do you think? Well, the hookers having degrees. Do you think that there are such things as a useless degree, a hundred percent just useless degree? Oh yeah. I got vehemently one. yes is what I'm getting from the video feeds here. Yeah, I actually. Uh, so I mentioned I have the degree in geology, and I did all of the coursework except for one foreign language class. Right, one semester of foreign language to get a second degree, and the degree is not in foreign language. So I consider that I have it. I did all the classes for religious studies. I thought, hey, if this whole uh, this whole geology thing doesn't work out, I could always be a priest. And let me tell you, that is the most useless degree. It wouldn't even help me be a priest. <laughs> it's actually not even useful to get into seminary. It's just a piece of garbage. And it turns out everything I learned in it, save for maybe one class, was completely fake. Oof. But it still probably cost about 20 grand. Yeah, so I would say that, and this, I don't know where this idea came from, that just like any degree is a good degree and go do follow your heart. Even when I was looking at things in school, it was like, okay, it might be interesting to like get a degree in English or communications or history, but it's like, if you go for one of those paths, you have to know that you're, you're, it's like a big gamble. You're like, there's maybe a 20, 10 or 20% chance that I'm going to get a job in this field, and I'm probably just throwing my money away. Now, you say it's a gamble, and that's true, but here's the thing, and this advice, it's probably the earliest financial advice I ever got, and believe it or not, it was Donald Trump that gave this advice. It oh, was man. on some late-night show that I shouldn't have been watching after my bedtime in like the mid nineties. And I just remember he still had all his real hair and he's talking on this show and he's like, you know, you, you got to follow your passions because the people who aren't passionate about it, even if it's not a big money thing, the people who aren't passionate about it, they're not going to try as hard as you. They're going to fail. You're not do what you believe in. And you know what? There is a degree to which that's true. But if you're trying to get into an industry where maybe one out of 100,000 is going to get a job, you really got to be passionate about it. You got to put in work for decades. You might be poor most of your life and get it right at the end. And that has to be worth it for you. And 
for most degree programs, I just can't see people that are that passionate about like pottery or, you know, interpretive dance or, you know, underwater baby yoga or whatever the hell they're giving these days. So to go back to your point about the, the subsidizing it, I think, um, I, I think that there is a merit to subsidizing it for certain people in certain situations, but we do way too much of it. Like giving, uh, you know, the ability to take out loans for a full degree in English to a kid who might be able to pay for it on their own. Um, yeah, I don't really see that, but I think, you know, it, there, there are jobs that benefit society more than others, which, you know, mo- people might not want to hear that, but it's definitely true in my mind. And if we could, you know, oh, yeah. get those, it, categorize those and focus attention and the programs on getting more people into those and helping them succeed and excluding the others. I think that could be a net positive. Yeah. It's the whole question of subsidization or subsidization of the program is uh, really, really thorny. Cause on the one hand, I don't want to make it so that people who have talent, but no money going in, can't find a way to get the degree. Right. I want to make sure that the talent goes where it's best used. And so there should be some kind of subsidy. But there's also the fact that once you start subsidizing it and the school knows it can make money, even if these people aren't getting jobs afterwards because Papa government will pay for it, they're going to be incentivized to invent new degree programs that sound alluring but don't actually do anything. And I don't know where the balance is supposed to be struck there. It can definitely stand to go the other way. We're too far. Um And as far as choosing which jobs uh, are most beneficial to society, I think that there are some categories that are always going to be pretty beneficial, but there's also some that are fringe where we won't know what's going to be useful in the future. If you had said in, say, the early 70s, right, that they had implemented this, I don't know that they would have invested in computer science the way that they probably should have knowing how the future turned out. And who knows what the next thing is going to be like that. But if they had invested in, you know, the medical sciences, pretty solid. Going to need those for all time. Um, so we're, we're getting closer to the end of the episode. But two more topics, or two more subtopics, if you will, I, I, let, I just wanted to cover and get your opinions on. One question I have for everybody is, what makes a great educational experience. What would make you, if you attended some sort of educational course, whether that be college or trade or whatever the case may be, what would make that educational experience seem worth it to you? Well, if it's something that's going to directly affect my job later on, then hands-on experience that you would get in that job would be amazing. I know that the geology courses I took where we actually did do some sampling and some analysis of samples were invaluable to what I do now. 
And as far as certain jobs in, or certain courses in the humanities, like a logic course, I think that ones that you can use in a variety of situations that do affect your life, you know, maybe a, something for finance, personal finance would be great. Even if it's not in your direct job path, if it's useful to you throughout the rest of your life, then you're going to enjoy it more because it matters. I do agree with the, the usefulness argument, both what you said and what Eric just said about how we're not taught enough of that in high school. I think if we could uh, implement two things in high school, we should be, it should be like financial literacy and survivalism. Those should be two classes that we teach everybody. But for me, a big thing that is a good educational experience is a teacher who actually cares more about you learning the you know procedures and material than they do about following the letter of the rules of the school, if you know what I mean. They're not just trying to get you to 100 on the test. They don't care about the way that you take the test or how it's timed or any of that. They want to make sure that you know what you need to know for that class and that's their highest priority and you can definitely tell the difference between the teachers that do and the teachers who are just trying to push kids through their class and get them out the other side that is an extremely important point i think we all know teachers that we've had in our lives that cared about us as human beings and wanted us to succeed and the ones that were collecting a paycheck and really could not care less as long as you Put the right bubbles on the on the test form. Yep, I want it to be somebody who who makes me want to stand on top of my desk and say, "Oh, captain, my captain." <laughs> I definitely think if if I'm attending any course, and it doesn't matter what course that is, because I'm forced to attend a ton in the army, uh, mandatory trainings all the time. If the instructor or teacher is passionate about the subject and genuinely cares, genuinely uh, cares that I am getting something out of it, then I feel like it's been worthwhile. Because just in my profession as as an army instructor, I can sit up uh, at the podium and just read off of a piece of paper and continue on with PowerPoint slides until the test. And then they either fail, they don't, doesn't really affect me either way. But a lot of what I try to incorporate in my classes is I, I try to be very animated because I try to make it to where people aren't constantly falling asleep in my class. I, I try to relate it. Every single thing that I bring up is a new concept or something that they've never heard before in aviation. And I try to relate it to something very basic, like a cell phone or uh, a clutch or, or something that more than more often than not, people can just relate to because they know what that system is. And I feel like when other teachers try to d- relate more to their students, the students get more out of it. Yeah, they don't have to come in kick-flipping on a skateboard. What is up, my fellow students? No. Today we are going to be hip with the lingo. Although, that would be pretty fun. It's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that on Monday. (laughs) 
Yeah, come in with a backwards army cap. You no, know. I'm not. Can't do that. Cigar in your mouth, you know. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, those kind of teachers are definitely annoying. I did have one teacher who was pretty cool at the junior college in my debate class, which I said, I was like, this is something I hate. I don't want to stand in front of people and, and speak. I hate presenting things in front of a group of people. But I, I learned to enjoy I learned to enjoy the news more because every day he would want us to like read the news and like discuss some new topic of the day. And uh, but he was a very strict teacher. I, I had like pretty much all A's, which you actually got a discount depending on your grade. But I was like one grade away from like pretty much a 4.0 at the junior college and it was him. And the only reason it was, was because I was tardy. (laughs) And that made the difference. I'm like, isn't there something I can do to make this up? And he's just like, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And he was very strict. I respect that. And I probably respect it even more because... One day he was just talking about like scotch and I was like, I'd like to try some scotch. So he took me down to the local brewery and bought me some scotch. Wow. And we we had a nice little conversation and shit. So I mean he was he was a pretty cool guy, I guess. So how much of your enjoyment of that class and your change in your opinion on the subject matter do you think was attributable to his skill as a teacher and his obvious passion for what he was doing. Oh yeah. I think uh, like a hundred percent, like he was, you know, like it was just something I thought was totally boring, but he, he, you know, he found a way to make it interesting. Uh, he, he found ways to make it just more fun and engaging. And, uh, and I don't know, I just found myself like, you know, the first day, I hated it. And then by the end of it, I was like, I kind of enjoy looking at the news now and, you know, discussing topics and debating on things, you know, like once you get comfortable around your, you know, around the other students and learn a little bit more about each other and can be more yourself, you know, it's kind of fun. The last thing... I wanted to talk about was one of the common themes of uh, secondary education is cost. How much it costs. Adam, you brought that up immediately with uh, the amount of debt that you occurred, occurred uh, with no degree to show for it. Uh, not picking on you, just re-quoting what you said. Um, but I wanted to go over I wanted to name some things or I want you all to name some things. What are, let's say that we have a listener or we have someone who is listening who has never been to college and is considering on it and they don't know what exactly they need to prepare for as far as college fees go. So let's, I, I was just, maybe we go around round Robin style. Like the very first one I would say would just be tuition. That, that's obviously a big one, but what else? college fees wise books books and study materials if you can get like don't buy them immediately ask your teacher in the first week if there is an old edition that will work for the class because they will be discounted 
see if you can share with people because the materials for the class are supremely over uh, overpriced. And another suggestion I would have is wait until you're 23 because you can go to school as a non-traditional a student five years after you're 18 and you receive you can receive the Pell Grant, then you receive a lot of other uh, financial help and you can actually get more unsubsidized loans as well as uh, to help pay for costs and uh, just don't like with the books, another thing, if you're in a science field, your books are going to be extremely expensive. Like, like I've ordered books on Amazon and you just got to check like uh, what Dell was saying. Just, you know, if you ha have a friend, it's a share book, but sometimes schools get around that by making you have like pat keys, like a, a pat, like a, a certain a key to, to a software and they do online, uh, digital books it's just a way to get around that system yeah books is a big thing that you have to think about um if you are not in a position where your school will be uh close enough to where your parents live that you can commute you have to think about your living situation you have to think about food as well um a lot of that can be covered on tuition depending on uh maybe like if you have a scholarship or something like that but uh my advice would be even uh, it's interesting that you said wait till you're 23 I, I wish somebody would have explained that to me because i i had a lot of my loans were bad loans um just not the worst but really not good interest rates and all that and it's because my parents made too much money and they didn't really want to help me uh, at all. So the state was basically like, well, your parents should be paying for this. So whatever you get is going to be really, really bad. So, but apart from that aspect of it, I would say maybe wait at least just a couple of years, just get out into the world and be a little bit more mature, uh, before you make a decision about what you want to do. Maybe, I mean, if you have it all figured out at 18, great, that, that can work for you. And, you'll have a head start on everybody else. But I feel like maybe it's a good idea for most people to just kind of take a step back, take a breath before they commit to something like that. And what Adam was saying, like, honestly, like when you turn 18, you probably should get a job at a fast food place like McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. Like it will make you appreciate and just think about life. It's like, do I want to do this all my life? then you, you can start to think and focus and understand and uh, move forward to, you know, better opportunities. But I think being in the trenches really helps, like just doing things that are uh, sometimes you feel like might be beneath you, but it, it can give you another viewpoint uh, to be humble and, you know, understand. Yeah, I mean... You should definitely get some kind of job before you go into college so that you know what working is like and can make better decisions on what job you want to get. But you don't even have to go into McDonald's. Do things that have, for some reason, got bad reputations, but which pay good money, like laborer or, uh, uh, you know, some kind of factory work. 
That way you can put a nest egg aside and pay for some portion of your schooling yourself. Another important thing, uh, I think this is like the last thing I have to say about this, is uh, my one of my biggest mistakes was that I was too stubborn to pivot. Don't be too stubborn to pivot. If something isn't working for you, explore your other options. Just have, you know, be humble enough to admit to yourself that what you're doing isn't working. If it's obvious that it's not working. And in my case, it was very obvious that it was not working. I was at college for three years. I didn't, I think I had two classes uh, into the pre- program for my major all the other ones were electives which is pretty horrible for three years um now whether that's just going into a different major going into a different school or leaving school altogether that's hard to say that's an just an individual thing that every person will have to figure out for themselves but i think it's important to know that you have to be flexible in that way Paul, you got something to add to that for the uh, financial burdens that college or secondary education costs that people don't normally? Um, well, I see a lot of my, I think mine was just like kind of like one fee. I didn't have to worry about my books. They were just all kind of included in the tuition as well as uh, the computer that I'm using right now, that was also included in my tuition. I, I built it there and took it home with me. Um, the only shitty part about that was there was one girl in our class who, who kind of decided on the build. She was like, we want a video card so we can play video games. And all the other guys are just like, nah, we'll just buy that later. Let's get a better CPU and shit and spend the money on something wise instead of like getting a, just like a subpar video card to have a little bit of fun for now. We'll buy that after we graduate. And then for some reason, the teacher was like, okay, you're getting a video card, even though everyone <laughs> else was against it. We get it a week later. She drops out, and we still <laughs> have this shitty build. So that's why my computer fucking sucks today, and I need a new one. Fucking Becky. Becky. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, fucking Becky. That'll be a good way to end it, I guess. Um, fucking Becky. Not as many laughs in today's episode a lot more information than I thought we would actually have uh, useful information which is not something we usually produce yeah, we actually went on a tirade this time and it might have been yeah, terrible even I, yeah it's nutty um, it's not what I expected but I did enjoy it and I appreciate everybody coming out uh, Lord Elric thank you for joining us well, thank and, you for having <laughs> and uh, we'll probably going on the next tirade or the next episode we are not going to be doing mcdonald's part three no matter how much we all talk about it seems like we should be sponsored by mcdonald's at this point bring back mac tonight um if no one has anything else to add as far as education goes then we're going to be ending it 
here. So thank you all so much for joining us and we'll see you on the next episode of Terrible Tyrants. <laughs>